The Dark is Rising, a drama by Susan Cooper for BBC World Service. Episode 7, The Besieging. When the dark comes rising, six, six shall, shall turn, turn it back. Three from the circle, three from the track. Wood, bronze, iron, mortar, fire, stone. Hawkins' betrayal has cracked open our protection, and the dark could slip in at any moment. Will looked up and saw, framed in the sitting room doorway, the outline of the visitor's face. The rider! Saw the red-brown hair, the blue eyes, and he froze. Will, come, come here a minute. Say hello to our guest, Mr. Matothin. This... Mr. Matothin, his father's friend from goodness knows where, was the rider from somewhere outside time. Quickly, Will hid the Jamaican carnival mask from Stephen under a cloth. As he turned back again... This is Will, my youngest son. The rider stared at Will in open, triumphant challenge, a small smile on his lips. You! Will stretched out his right hand with its fingers spread stiff towards his family and... Time! Stop! He froze them out of all movement and they stood as waxworks round the room. How dare you come here? The two of them stood facing one another, the only living objects there. How dare you enter our house at Christmas? No one else moved, nor did the hands of the clock. Get out! Contain yourself. I can cross your threshold, my young friend, because I have been invited. Your father, in good faith, asked me to enter the door. He is the master of this house, and there's nothing you can do about that. Then I shall use the old one's words of destruction upon you. <laughs> oh, no, Will Stanton, that won't work. If you use weapons of that kind here, you'll blast your whole family out beyond time. Sweet Mary there, look, her pretty mouth half open. She'll be gone forever. Leave her out of it. You young fool. Do you think for all your gift of grammar you can control me? Keep your place, boy. But you are afraid of my masters. The dark is rising, young old one. And this time we do not propose that anything shall hinder its way. Never. Tell your masters. Nothing shall stop us. Tell them all the things of power that they hope to possess we shall take from them. All the signs we shall break your circle before it can ever be joined. And none shall stop the dark from rising. Unfreeze. Will, come here a minute and say hello to our guest, Mr. Matothin. This is Will, my younger son, who's just turned 11. How do you do, Mr. Matothin? Compliments of the season to you, Will Stanton. Will you stay for a, a, a cup of tea or something, Mr. Matofi? He can't. Will? Oh, he sees I'm in a hurry. <laughs> no, I thank you, Mrs. Stanton, but I'm on the way to spend the day with friends and I must be off. Oh, so where are you going, Mr. Matofi? My, what lovely long hair you have, Mary. Oh. <laughs> it's very pretty. Oh. <laughs> you have a stray hair on your sleeve, Mary. The rider reached out and delicately removed the hair from her sleeve. Now, you'll have to excuse me. Uh, I have to go. Leave you all to your breakfasts. And Will, in particular, looks hungry to me. 
So good of you to call, Mr. Matothin. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you me so here. much for bringing. Uh, well, you, you know what? Bye. Yes, goodbye, Mr. Matothin. Bye. 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 Now, Alice, my love, happy Christmas. Oh. Oh, Roger, my ring. And a new bracelet to match it. Oh, bless you. They're just beautiful. Is that what Mr. Matothin brought? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That, that's why he was here. He's a dealer in diamonds, mostly. Strange chap, but pleasant, I think. Anyway, surely it's time for breakfast. Yes, yes, yes at last it's tea. During breakfast, the snow began to fall again, gently but inexorably. This snow's not right. There shouldn't be this much. It's something to do with the dark. I can feel it. Extraordinary. I've never known it like this at Christmas in my lifetime. Uh, much more comes down today. There'll be transport problems all over the south. Well, snow or no snow, I'm off to ring the church bells. Any of you heathen mob coming to church this morning with me? I'll come. Me too. And me. A good way to get out of the chores, Mary. How dare you! <laughs> what? None of that now. She's going to your clothes on. One and all. The snow was coming harder than ever as the Stantons walked to church and the wind was picking up. It was now very, very cold. Will thrust his hands deep into the pockets of his sheepskin jacket and his fingertips felt the rook's feather, forgotten since the dreadful night of Midwinter's Eve before his birthday. sheep short of the usual Christmas flock this year because of this beastly snow. Mm. It was nice when it started, wasn't it? But now, well, it doesn't show any signs. Towards the end of the service, as the good people of Huntercombe were booming out their favourite carol, Will suddenly felt bitterly cold. His head began to swim, and then he heard an unmistakable, unforgettable sound rising from somewhere outside the walls of the church. The dark, here, besieging us in the church. Did no one else hear that? Feel it? Something's out there. Something that's come out of the dark is waiting beyond the church walls. It's waiting for me alone. But no one else had noticed a thing. The service drew to its close, and the congregation began to file out of the church, heartened and warmed by the sing song. He stood near the altar, waiting for Mary. Splendid. Ah, well, have you got everything? And beautiful singing as usual. <laughs> ah, here's Mary. Such a delight. His neck prickling as though with the electricity that hangs oppressive and menacing in the air before a giant storm. It was everywhere now. Will? Will? Is something wrong? Uh, uh, um, no. No, that is, uh, no, no. And Will could sense the power of the dark building. I can do nothing against it. So strong. How do I get Mary? 
and Mr. Beaumont safely out of the church before I leave. The iron sign at his belt burned so cold he could feel it through his clothes. They mustn't get hurt by whatever happens when I leave. And then Will saw them. The church was not empty of congregation after all, for down by the little 12th century font were gathered... Farmer Dawson! John Smith! Old ones of the circle, waiting for him to support him against whatever lurked outside. But as the vicar and Mary walked through the nave to the door, Will suddenly saw both of them pause. What is that? And their heads went up like the heads of wild deer on the alert. Rector, what on earth is that? Nothing on earth, I think. God forgive me. Rector, what do you mean? It's growing. Quick! Get away from the east window for the... Oh no! What is that? It's to the west. Wait! It's gro- It's surrounding us. What is that noise? I can't believe really what's happening. Oh God, help us, please. What is that? Don't worry, dear Mary. I can't believe this is... Quiet, Mary. Wait, what is going on? It's surrounding the whole church. Easy now. But it's building. It's building in intensity. My God. What is this? What is this? Poor brave fellow. This battle is not for his fighting. He's bound to think so, of course, being in his church. Come here, Will. Quick, quick. We must do something to protect these two, Will. Their minds will bend. The pressure of the dark will send them mad. You have the power, Will. The rest of us do not. So Will made the minds of his sister and the rector safe behind a barrier that no power of any kind could break through. Their eyes closed gently as if they had gone quietly to sleep. All right, they're safe. Now, move with me to the doorway. John, Will, that's it. Come on, link hands. Let's get over to the entrance. There we are. We can protect them against the dark from here. Now, link hands. Stand firm, Will. See? The ropes cannot reach us as long as we stand together. All the strength of the circle will hold us firm, Will. He realized again helplessly that to be an old one was to be very old before the proper time. The fear he felt this time was adult, made of experience and imagination and care for others, and it was the worst of all. Then he heard in his mind a voice that was both his and more than his. Remember, you are the sign seeker, Will. You have three of the signs, half of the circle of the things of power. Use them. My belt. I have to undo my belt. Free the sign. No, Will, no. Let go of my hands, Sean. Farmer Dawson. What do you need? I must free the signs. Will. That's what he's doing. That's it. That's it. Okay. Hold him up. Hold him up. Clear. That's it. Slowed by the sheer force of malice moving as if in tar, Will unclasped his belt with its three signs. He took from his pocket the rook's feather and wove it into the centre sign, stepped into the church porch and held up the belt and the signs. Look at him go! 
A full circle will do a real job, but half a circle can do quite a lot, eh, Will? Wait, wait. Don't move. More trouble? No. The signs. Look at them. They're glowing. Brighter and brighter from within. Look up there. That light blazing from that cleft in the wall there, up at the top of the porch. Help me up, John. Farmer Dawson. They all saw the light was coming from something very small embedded on its side in the church wall. What can you see, Will? He went forward and pulled it easily from the stucco. Flint. A circle of flint, quartered by a cross. Ha! The sign is stoned. We have the fourth sign. Bring me down. Fit it safe on your belt now, Will. Fasten your belt safe around you. Good. Now, now, come on, boys. We must waken your sister, Will, and the rector. Over here, come on. Mr. Beaumont, Mary, wake. Wake now. Valley of death. Will. What happened? It has gone. Whatever malign influence it was. Mary and the rector were now looking at Will with a kind of fearful remoteness. I have the feeling that you fought it back. I'm not sure whether you should be ordained or exorcised. Will... Will... A look that bit into him with the pain of a whiplash. It was more than he could stand. I feel extremely disturbed. What has been happening here? There's something you need Mr. to tell Beaumont, us. Mary. Young man. You will forget. Young man. Forget. Forget. But I am so glad that you could all be here for today's service. Everybody, happy Christmas. And Mary, don't forget that message to your father. And yes. also to Paul, I would love to talk about Bach. Oh, yes, he would love that. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, Will, we better go. I think Mark's Out gone they went into this. the white world where the snow lay mounded over the invisible tombstones and the white fields. And then, just as they rounded the corner of the path to the lynch gate, a rook landed in the trampled snow ahead of them, looked at Will, walked a few paces flew up onto the churchyard fence and looked at Will again. What do you want? All right, bird. The rook wished him to follow. But at that moment he could not tell if the bird was being used by the light or by the dark. One quick look. I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm here. Will followed him through the gate and stiffened as he reached the corner. Mary, Rector, come quick. There's a man in the snow. He's unconscious, I think. A man in the snow? Oh, oh makes me fair. Check his pulse. He's alive, thank God, but very cold. We need to get him inside. Rector, why don't we take him to our house? It's only round the corner and it's warm. Well, a have... wonderful idea. Your mother's a Samaritan, I know. I'll call Dr. Armstrong. But here, let's turn him over, get an arm under his... As Mr. Bowman turned the man's body... Will saw his face for the first time. Mary, it's the walker. Who? Mary, we can't take him home. Not the walker. He'll bring back the... The walker? Well, who is the walker? Oh, of course. You can't remember, can you? Will, what can't I remember? What are you talking about? Now, now, don't worry, Will. Your mother won't mind. 
war man in extremis. Now, and together, the rector, Will, and Mary drag the walker to the church gate like a muffled heap of ancient clothes, propped him atop the rector's motorbike like a makeshift wheelbarrow, and slowly, half riding, half pushing, that strange little group made its way through the fast falling, deep drifting snow to the Stanton's house. Will glanced behind himself once or twice, but the rook was nowhere to be seen. The Dark is Rising, a drama by Susan Cooper. Episode 7 of 12 was adapted for audio by Robert McFarlane and Simon McBurney. Directed by Simon McBurney. Produced by Catherine Bailey and Tim Bell and is a complicité and Catherine Bailey production for BBC World Service and is commissioned by Simon Pitts. <laughs>